This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. Almost everyone out there is hoping that there's some kind of return to normal by August, September. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Mike Lynch. And we're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports, talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. We're thrilled to have with us John Levy. He's the CEO of The Score and... It's a week that we've all been waiting for, especially when it comes to baseball. We've got baseball. We're on the eve of the NBA, we hope. Even lacrosse uh, is coming back later this week. So, John, it's a big deal. Are you excited? I'm kind of pinching myself, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's like, um, uh, oh, God, absolutely. I mean, you know, literally counting the days, counting the weeks, counting the days. You know, keeping your fingers crossed. We're going through some pretty heavy-duty stuff, right? Everybody, all throughout the world, and particularly North America. And, and you know, you, you, sports is so, you want it to happen so badly. You want to keep a total perspective of everything. But you know, coming from this business and coming from the world which is within which we live, um, you know, you just you just want it to happen so bad. And quite frankly, as we're just talking, you're so sick of all the other stuff. It's about time sports came back. So. Uh, very, very excited about, especially, you know, this week, Thursday, kicking off. I was watching some baseball, following it on the app over the weekend, and it's, I just, we just can't wait. And, and obviously, neither can the fans. I mean, huge pent-up demand, and, and let, just, let, let's just go. All right, I'm going to admit something. It's just between us guys. Yeah. It's all right. Let's, I would yeah. save a little bit of money when we didn't have any sports, put a little bit here, put a little bit there to build this bankroll because now it's time for some sports gambling and you have it on your app. I, if, yeah. Tell me more about that and uh, tell me how I can uh, enjoy the fruits of my labor here on this. Well, first of all, for right now, I got to get you into New Jersey. That's number one. I don't know. Where, my, it's Mike, right? Where are you? Yep. New York? Are you in New I'm, York? Actually, I'm right now. I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's not so far. I mean, I can get yeah, you I can there. Get so we got to. So, <clears throat> um, our sports bet app, uh, the Score Bet, is um, is at this point um, available in in, uh, in New Jersey only. Uh, we're soon to launch in Colorado and Indiana, and then blow out hopefully throughout the rest of the states as uh you know as we get access and as things are licensed but um it's obviously very exciting you know we were up and operating with the score and score bet and i'll talk a little bit about that at later about our different approach to it because ours really is unique it's not just a betting app it's a good, it's really a complete integration in the context of our media app which is like the second most popular app in north america called the score and score bet and our whole mantra is is sort of, uh, you know, we've been doing all the tough stuff for a whole, whole bunch of years where people come to our app and, you know, we kick out three or four pieces of content a day and data so, like, faster than anybody. It literally, the second most popular app in North America. 
And then historically what people would do is they take our data and our content and they go about elsewhere on some other third-party platform. And before Passless fell, they were all doing it offshore in the black market or gray markets or stuff. And, and um, you know, our whole concept was rather than just being this super affiliate and let, you know, and, and, and probably make a hell of a lot of money just, you know, just, just letting, uh, doing, you know, ad deals and stuff with the other big guys. We decided uh, to take the bull by the horns and actually become the only sports digital mobile media company to actually become the operator, to become actually the bookie. So um, that opened up the possibility of doing a complete integration between our betting app and our, and our uh, media app. So, um, you know, we got started in, in front of um, NFL season last year uh, in New Jersey. I mean, amazing, you know, started to build up momentum through the fall. We're getting ready for a humongous March Madness, right, that, that we hadn't experienced yet. And then, obviously, everything stopped when, when COVID hit. So, you know, we're, we're excited to get back at it in New Jersey, and we're very, very excited to, uh, to launch in Colorado and Indiana in the next few weeks. So, John, just another following up on Michael's question. Does the tracking service tell where you are physically when you're placing the bet? Absolutely. The, geotar- the geofencing is got to be absolutely precise. I remember when we were testing in New Jersey, because it's all very highly regulated, as you guys know, right? So mm-hmm. when we were testing in New Jersey before we launched during, during sort of our um, regu- the, during the whole regulatory process, you know, we had guys crossing the bridge, right, or going through the tunnels and stuff. And, you know, it, it's hitting the app every millisecond. And as soon as you get outside the, the boundary of New Jersey, um, you're born. You, you, you can't bet anymore on the app. You still get all the information. You can talk about stuff. So, for example, my head of sales lives in New York, right? And, you know, he goes Sunday morning across the bridge, go make his bets, and then not on our app at that point because, was, uh, you know, we weren't launched at that time. And now he can't. Otherwise, he's going to get fired. But anyway, bottom line, <laughs> cross, you know, cross the bridge, makes the bet, comes home and spends the rest of the day with his kids. So that's how it works, and that's how it will work in each state. And that gets pretty complicated. And, uh you know, because you have to be able to control that on a state-by-state basis because they're all individually regulated. But that's actually one of the things our guys have been working on during this last, you know, three or four months during our downtime. And, and just to sort of point out, we were really lucky. We did a financing in the context of our positioning. We, you know, we did a financing before COVID hit. So we were able to keep all our guys working, no layoffs, no anything. So our, our guys were continuing to work down the roadmap. And, um and developing our app and our technology so that when people, when we open up in a state-by-state basis, even though it's a separate app, it really is almost like it's all one app. So that's a lot different than a lot of the other guys do as well. So, John, tell us about business. Obviously, as a fan, as we are, you saw the world right. come to a complete stop, and, and we're all excited right. to get back to watching sports. But from a business perspective, what do you do in the interim when there are no sports? It's, you know, look, it, it, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know our history, but, and I won't bore you with it, but we've, I sort of grew up in the whole media space. We yeah. involved in cable television, Canada, and then we had the TV network. And, the, you know, so you assess your risk all along, right, as you expand your business and go into new businesses. And, you know, you take going into the sports betting business, which we were always very excited about because we knew people on our app bet on sports, and it was just a natural flow for us, a natural transition. But it's still a big business, right, new business. And, and you, you want to assess the risk. And you said, okay, so what happens 
you know, from a business standpoint, can I get the engineers to continue to build the app? Uh, and yes, the answer was yes, we could do that. And, you know, what happens if a league goes on strike, right? Well, they'll come back, and there'll be other leagues that are going to do this stuff. Whoever freaking anticipated everything was going to shut down? Nobody, right? So nobody could anticipate what the effect would be. So, you know, when everything stopped, um, we were actually very surprised at how many people kept coming back to our app. I mean, it's funny. It's almost like they couldn't believe there was no sports on, right? So they kept coming back to our box right. scores and seeing postpone, postpone. But our content guys were digging up all sorts of great stuff and, you know, still putting out three, 400 pieces of content a day. Um, so in terms of, you know, we have four to five million average monthly users hit our app, um, uh, hitting it like 100, 140 times a month on average. Now, obviously, that level of engagement falls away when there's no games being played because people aren't hitting the app to see what's what's going on and, and the score. But in terms of the actual people coming to the app, you know, we maintained about 60, 70 percent of our use on a, on a on an individual basis. So that was quite good. And and uh, from an advertising, because other than the betting business, it's advertising supported. Our sales guys work to, to you know, keep the relationships alive and not have people cancel, but to postpone. So when sports did come back, as they are now, we could re-engage, and and they are coming back. And and it's it's in terms of the advertising base. So, but from a from a um, downtime, um, it was it was crazy. And of course, you know, our guys can work from home because they're all you know younger guys, and it was not really much to stand them all up working from home. But it, you know, it, it was busy, busy time for all of them. So um, we're in pretty. You know, you don't want to. But the truth is, we're in pretty good shape coming back this week. We got amazing, good product, better than even when we launched back in September of last year, and. One of the things we're very excited about is, you know, our, our back-to-sports promotion, which is actually uh, being launched this week. And it's, it's kind of like a celebration of sports coming back, right? And it's, uh, um, it's, a, it's a promotion that we're running. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's basically a 5% of um, cash back up to $2,500. So it's something that we couldn't launch when we originally launched back in August, but it's a hell of a promotion that we're running now just to – as a basically a thank you to all sports fans, and it's a high level of to to get back that high level of engagement and to sort of address that all pent up demand that we were talking about, both from a media standpoint and from a uh, uh, and from a sports betting standpoint. So we're very excited to sort of hit the ground running um, this week when you know NBA uh, MLB starts this week. Next Thursday it's NBA, and then hopefully a couple of days thereafter we see NHL coming back, and then of course NFL in the fall. When you're the bookie, you better make sure the yeah. odds are right and you have a bunch of experts working there to make sure that happens and there are no slip-ups. And what was it? Uh, was it last month or whatever? Or a month before oh, yeah. that, there was a, a out in Vegas. Uh, they were they were set the odds for a game in South Korea. That right. Unfortunately, is that that game had already started and people were still making bets, and people were cleaning up. And, and yes, those things happen, but you, as you're the bookie, you can't have those mistakes. Absolutely. How intense is that to, to do that? It's, a, it, it's very it, – listen, you, you just got to have the best guys working with you. You know, we got this guy, Jay Root, who works with us out of Vegas, and he, you know, he's been doing it for 25 years, right? And so, um, you know, as you get into the business, it's, it's like – it's like any other aspect of business. You, you just want the best guys working with you who know what they're doing, have been doing it. Now, that doesn't mean that mistakes aren't going to happen. And, and it's particularly difficult because 
you know, it's a lot of it's technology based. And, you know, in that particular case, those are unusual sports. I mean, we were doing table tennis, you know, just to keep things alive and, uh, you know, some baseball leagues that nobody's ever heard of. And, you know, you're getting very limited action on it. Uh, but just to sort of keep guys sharp and, 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 and doing stuff. Um, typically, you don't run into that stuff with the major leagues, you know, unless there's some sort of te- technical screw up. Um, uh, the guys who are working it are pretty sharp. And don't forget, it's not just, you know, pregame now. You know, even in the early days when we launched, you know, in, in front of NFL last year, you know, we got to a point where about 40 to 45% of all of our action is in-game, right? So, which is, which is you know, mobile lends itself to that perfectly. So, you've got to be sharp. Um, you know, you're basically, your data has to be fast. And, you know, one of the things being, you know, uh, you know a sports betting operator, you know, we have official data and we have official relationships. And, again, we used to have those relationships with our TV network. So, that wasn't something that was foreign for us, but... We got to pick it up a notch when we became a sports operator, betting operator, because we were able to access the fast data, which is what you need, um, you know, especially in our context when you're coordinating it and integrating it between the media app and the betting app, and it's all got to happen completely in a fluid basis so that, uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're not misguiding any of the, uh, the, the fans or the bettors as they are participating. John, during this dark period here, how did you avoid layoffs? You know what? It was um, it, it was it was difficult, but very very important to us. And as I said, we 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 had ourselves in a pretty good position going into the pandemic in terms of our financing. Uh, we were able to access programs, uh, you know, as as was in the, you know we're based in Canada, even though nobody really knows that. That's okay with us, even though we love being in Canada, you know, because because the, the app itself is very personalized. If you're in Detroit, California, Florida, wherever you think you know you're getting data from wherever so but basically we you know we we um we had to watch our expenses carefully we accessed all the programs we had capital in the bank and we basically did everything we could just to keep everybody on the payroll and we did and um uh it it, you know and it's paying off in spades not only for morale and and you know all the benefits that that will accrue to that because you know we're still a fairly small business there's only 250 employees um you know, our history has always been a family business, so that sort of permeates even today with, with you know, our office in New York and our office in Toronto. And um, so you got to look after yourself and your family first, right? And um, I don't want to get too saucy here but it, 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 or sappy here, but it, it really matters. And, you know, that, you know, that's not to say, you know, if we had to make more dramatic cuts because we had to to save the company, we wouldn't have done that. We would have, but we didn't have to. And... Our, as I said, our guys were busy. They were working on developing um, the, 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 the app, uh, making more enhancements to it, further enhancing the integration, cu- coming up with these new promotions that we're talking about, like our cashback promotion, and um, um, you know, really putting ourselves in a, in a, in a great position. So, uh, like I said, when it works, it works. And in our particular case, we're very fortunate. So, John, I have to say, we started out the conversation talking about how excited we are, uh, but mm-hmm. we're also worried. I mean, we're sitting here on a day just a few hours or, I, I guess, maybe a day or so removed from your city or your government in Canada basically saying, no Major League Baseball in Toronto, uh, especially right. given what's going on down here in the United States. How worried are you, and I know it's unknowable, that this is all going to come to a screeching halt? 
Yeah. Um, but, God, we have these debates in our office every day, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm pressing and working and trying. You, you try to keep everybody so enthusiastic. And, you know, listen, you know, when, when we set our targets, you know, when this whole thing happened, you know, we were trying to be really realistic about it and said, look, nothing's going to happen until September. And if it comes any earlier, then, you know, it, it's, it's a bonus, right? And um, it, honestly, I think, you know, it, it really does look like it's going to happen. And, you know, what's really interesting, actually, guys, is, you know, because, uh, you know, the city and the province in Ontario made a proclamation, I think it was on Thursday, that baseball is going to happen in Toronto, right? And then the federal government two days later said, not so fast, right? Yeah. We're not, we don't want, want it to happen. So it was kind of this roller coaster. We're excited. We're not excited. But the reaction of people in, in Toronto were, okay, that's fine. They'll play somewhere else. And I wasn't going to the games anyway, so I'm going to be able to watch them. Um, I don't think it's, people are looking at it as a precursor of, of Miss calls or or things other, otherwise shutting down. They're going to find a place to play. Um, I heard this morning, if it's not Buffalo, it might be Pittsburgh or something I was reading about. But, um, sure, everybody's a little apprehensive. You know, on the call at the beginning, I said, you know, it's every day you wake up and you just hope you don't hear anything bad. Yeah. The bottom line is this. I mean, um, you know, you've got a lot of smart people at you know, I mean, some people might debate that, but, you know, running the leagues and in charge of the leagues. And, for example, with the NBA, you know, um, in terms of the bubble that, that they created in Orlando and, and um, with hockey having the two bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton, I guess it is. And baseball, for sure, is going to be a little tougher because they got to move people around from city to city. But, you know, they are taking a lot of precautions. And, yes, the, there are areas in the states where things are on fire, but... Um, you know, I think I think people recognize that it's really important to get this back and not get this back at the expense of health of the communities or people or using stuff that should be used for 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 other citizens. But but I'm an optimist. I think they're going to work through this, and it's not going to be painless. There's going to be situations that come up. I think it's going to happen. I think you know some players are going to get obviously it's going to have to be withdrawn from the league as they get maybe um, the, the virus or something, but. I honestly, guys, I think it's going to work, and I think it's going to go through, and I think it's going to be a huge lift. And if we can just get it started, people are going to recognize how important it really is. Not to us putzes who love this thing, but to, to the community in general. I mean, it's about time we, we smile a little and have a little fun, and, and hopefully not at anybody's expense, right? So, And I think sports can do that. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I've always been optimistic, and I think it's going to happen. Let's go way back to the beginning because you had two sentences that every entrepreneur has. I have some money and I have a dream. And that's how the Mm -hmm. whole thing starts. And I don't care if you're opening a cafe or you're doing a a lawn mowing service or, or an app or whatever. That dream of being an entrepreneur is there and it's tough. Can you take us through that experience of what it's like to get something off the ground? Oh man, you get pooped on all the time. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's it's hard to describe. I mean, you just know when you're in the flow. I mean, we knew when we launched the TV network, right? And our TV network, you guys never saw it, but it was up in Canada. It was different. I mean, we had you know data on a screen. We had a ticker on the on the bottom that never went away. We we're the first one to show the odds. When our hosts were on air, right, talking about games, they weren't shirt and tie, button down guys like you saw on TSN up here or ESPN in the States. They were guys you go to a bar with, right? And when some 
Buddy kicked the field goal that that you know took it over a 18 point spread that was meaningless, and the other guys were going, "Well, I think that's interesting." Our guys were pulling their hair out. So you were connecting with an audience. You knew, and, and uh, with respect to betting, you knew you were in sync. You were open. You were authentic, and you were real. And you try to sort of initiate, you know, institute that inside of the brand. And you know that that's what it's all about. It's just trying to do things differently than other people. And uh, you obviously need capital. You're right. Sometimes that's harder to get when you're not swimming in the same direction as everybody else. But, um, um, you know, when it's right, it's right. I don't know how else to explain it. And you can even see it today. I mean, look, we're going up against the biggest of the big in the betting business, right? You've got DraftKings, you have FanDuel, you've got all the biggies, and they have no problem raising money. Um, uh, And our business model is entirely different. You know, we're not out there buying market share. We're out there trying to provide our users the best, you know, the, the you know the, the best approach to sports betting and the one that's most consistent with we think how they're going to how they want it. You know, it, it, it's not about just spending seven, eight, nine hundred dollars to buy a user and then hope he stays. When we get a user, we know he's going to stay because he he loves the app and he loves the service and it's and it's all about the product. So, you know, it's 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 just. You know what? It's really not hockey. Follow the consumer. Don't think you know what you're doing. Just follow the consumer. Mm. And you're more likely to have success then than if you try to impose your will on people. And I guess that's, that's kind of how, that's how I see it, and that's how most of the people who work with us in our, in our company see it, because they're really no different than the people we're serving and, or the customers or the fans that we're serving. And I think that's our big edge, and that's, 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 that's what works. And... Um, there's nothing like it, man. When you're when it's working, and again, it doesn't always work, and you gotta you, you get beat up pretty bad sometimes, and sometimes you think it ain't gonna happen, but you just gotta stay with it and find people who believe in it, and they're out there, man. They are out there. Speaking of appetites and consumers, you're based uh, in Toronto. Uh, is there is it even close the appetite for gambling for United States citizens versus Canadian citizens? Yeah, actually, it's interesting. I mean, no difference. I mean, you know, people up here have been betting on the NFL their whole life, you know, and, and baseball and basketball. And, you know, and we happen to get a little team that won the championship last year up here, which was kind of exciting. You know, it was amazing. Um, so, so, and in fact, what's, 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 what's interesting is, um, you know, in, in the U.S., they shut it down pretty hard, you know, in terms of sports betting. They try, right? Uh, in terms of in terms of before PASPA fell, um, you know they blocked people funding their accounts and all that stuff. In Canada, there was more of a gray market, not a black market. So the government up here would make proclamations like, "Well, we don't really like it, but we're not going to do anything about it," right? And they sort of let it flourish. So. Um, if you know, if anything, um, you know, sports betting has been a little more open up here than it's been in the states in the gray market, right? And quite frankly, that's one of the reasons we're also very excited because you know, not only are we focusing on the U.S., where about two thirds of all of our users come from, right, of, of the app users and of our social platforms, but you know, and in in the states, we, we we talk about the fact we're the most used, least known brand in the sports business. You know, ranking right up there ahead of all the other guys, only second to ESPN. In Canada, it's the opposite. We're the Young Cool Sports Network. Our TV network kicked the butt out of TSN and Sportsnet, with Sportsnet being the Rogers regional system and uh, TSN being our ESPN. Um, so when sports betting opens up here, which I think it's going to happen fast, uh, within the next you know six to twelve months, um, you know we 
definitely have a lead position. Um, and we're very, very excited about it. And it's a big market. I mean, you know, if you look at Ontario, it would equate to the fifth largest state in the U.S. in terms of wow. sports betting volume. So it's a big deal for us. And, um, uh, you know, we're very, very excited about the, uh, uh, you know, about the prospect of opening up in Canada as well as pushing as hard as we can um, in, in the U.S. And honestly, guys, I, I honestly think, you know, we'd be here talking a couple of years from now. I don't think we're going to have to take a backseat to any of these other guys. Um, I, you know, and, 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 you know, and you don't need 30, 40 percent market share, as you guys well know, to have a very successful business. But, uh, you know, I think we're going to be one of the top um, uh, sports betting media companies in, in the North America in the next couple of years. Well, it's great to start the week with some relentless enthusiasm and optimism. John Levy, thank you so much. CEO of The Score joining us from Toronto or just outside. Uh, Best of luck to you, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, thank you. And you can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly. Find me on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. And I'm Michael Barr on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can find me at LynchyWCBB. And you're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world.